Hello and welcome to Grace Lifestyle Bosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Awesome. Awesome. Um, uh, can we uh, pray? Dear Father, we thank you this evening for the indwelling presence of your Holy Spirit in us and the fulfillment of his glorious ministry in and through us. Father, we thank you that this evening we are given wisdom to do your will and fulfill your purpose for us. Because we are cancelled from within. We know what to do, when to do, what to do, how to do, what to do. Amen. To bring multiplication to the ends of the earth in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, it's going to be a family business tonight. Yes. I believe this is, you know, the different uh, meetings in the, in the church. Uh, before I go very far, I want to honor the leadership of, uh, of, the, of, the, of Grace Life for working together to put this and uh, to receive me here. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big honor and I have to lean on the, on, the, on, the, on the Holy Spirit of God that I may be able to minister to this precious children of his whom he purchased with his own blood. It is, it is an honor. Okay, so I was saying in the church there are different kinds of meetings and we must know which meeting we are attending so that we know how to receive from the meeting that we are attending. Mm. This meeting is far from being an evangelistic meeting. This is a family meeting where we discuss serious family business where the father has got instructions directions, admonitions, strengthening for his children. So it's a family business. Are we together? Like uh, Pastor Shane um, uh, said, uh, when God wants to do something, he uses a man. Like he said, I'll read the John 1, 6 from the Amplified. It says, there came a man sent from God whose name was John. Tonight here comes uh, to capture a man sent from God whose name is Pastor Isaac. How many of you see it that way? I'll go to today, I'm going to minister in a bit uh, different way because I talk and talk too much and go around. But tonight I want to, I've got serious business. I must deliver what the Lord has impressed on my heart to deliver. So I'll kind of stick to my notes, big deal. Okay? <laughs> Acts chapter 9, verse 5 to 6, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Verse 6. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Sometimes there's a problem with the grace congregations. When it comes to be told what to do. You say Jesus has done it for us. He's finished it for us. It's finished. It is not finished. Did he finish praying for you? 
Has he finished evangelizing for you? Has he finished ministering to others for you? And people want to be free. And normally what people call freedom is not freedom. Because what are you free from? And many people, when they hear in the great circles, when they hear freedom, they, they, in, in their hearts they are free from responsibility. They are free from relationships. They are free from commitment. They are independent. We are not independent in Christ. We depend on each other and we depend on the mighty Holy Spirit of God. Praise the Lord. So an encounter with the Lord, uh, with the Lord Jesus leads you to a place where you will be told what to do. Your encounter with Jesus has led you tonight to this place in Stellenbosch where you will be told what to do. Praise the Lord. Amen. We must be told what to do. What is freedom? What did Jesus make us free from? Did he make us free from responsibility? No. Did he make us free from loving one another? No. Did he make us free from being taught and being discipled? No. Does freedom mean total independence? Independence from what? Is it independent from each other? Is it independence from his lordship? <laughs> you see, we must answer these questions correctly. Otherwise, we will celebrate disobedience and rebellion sure. in the name of freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Let us go back to Saul in the book of uh, Acts, um, chapter 9. I'm reading now from verse 15. I'm reading from the Living uh, Bible. I'll tell you something about my selection of different versions of the Bible. Uh, there is no Bible version that is the best. I hope you know that. Yeah. Including your favorite uh, King James <coughs> version. Okay, if I have time, I'll tell you how it came to be. And some of the men who were involved in the translation of that book and what influences the head and what biases the head as they put that translation together. And it is not the first translation in English. It is about maybe the 13th, the 14th translation in English. Are we together? Yeah. The other translations like the Geneva Bible, the Wycliffe, that were there years before the King James. But how come King James is so popular? Because he was bashed up. The guy was a king who sponsored the translation of that book. So you can imagine. So, my, when you see me go from one translation to another translation, it's, it's carefully done. It means I've read it from the King James, I've grammatically analyzed the verse in the King James, and I've gotten the understanding from the King James, and then I go to another translation which I know preserves that true understanding of the version. So, I might be using the passion. Don't go home and say the passion is the best translation. You go to a verse when the passion completely misses it. Yeah. You go to New Living Translation on a verse, they completely miss it. So we must use the, 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 the um, versions uh, correctly. Uh, the passions, particularly 
I'll give you this, this, this warning. I love it. But you must be careful of one main translations. Okay? One main, because there's no cross-checking. King James, there were about 54 scholars doing that. Yeah? So, but we need to move the language nearer to us. Okay? When I was in school, I did a book called, uh, in literature called uh, Macbeth. Is, do you call, do you say Macbeth or Macbeth? Macbeth. In old, old English, yeah. you, an English person today would need someone to interpret that English to them. <laughs> Can you see? Yes. So it is with the Bible. Mm. Yes. So we must move it nearer to our language today. Mm. Let me limit my talking. There's a lot to talk about, but let me limit that. Let's come back to Acts chapter 9, verse 15. I'm, I'm reading from the Living Bible. There's New Living Translation. There is the Living Bible. I don't know if the other ones are dead. <laughs> but the Lord said, <laughs> But the Lord said, Go, do what I say. For Paul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the nations before kings as well as to the people of Israel. So God sent me here to Cape Town on a special mission because you are special people to him. You are his chosen instruments to take his message to the nations of the earth. Amen. To all people great and small, all people rich and poor, to all people different of different economic and social standings, the message is not to change their economies. The message is not to change their social standing. <coughs> Amen. Amen. Paul himself gives his own account of what happened on that road to Damascus. In Acts chapter 22, verse 10. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. N.R. SV. Amen. Yeah. It says, I asked, what am I to do, Lord? The Lord said to me, this is Paul himself giving an account of what happened. Get up and go to Damascus. There you will be told everything that has been assigned to you to do tonight and tomorrow. In this conference, you will be told of the assignment that the Lord has for you. So if you are not interested to know what the Lord has for you to do, if you are not interested in that, if you are not that one, or rather, if you are that one who only wants to hear what the Lord has done for you, what the Lord is doing for you, what the Lord is going to do for you, then this conference is not for you. Is there anyone here tonight like that? I'll give you a few minutes to excuse yourself. I wouldn't want you to waste your time here. If you're just worried about, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm, I'm, I'm the emperor of God's eye. If you are that person, I'll give you a few minutes to excuse yourself. Because you, 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 you wouldn't like, you won't like it here. <laughs> it's not 
So no one, oh, that's okay. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Credit for him. <laughs> so no one left. No one excused themselves. So I have the right crowd. So I can relax now. I was setting up, I can relax now. Is that, is that so? Praise the Lord. Acts 22, verse 14 to 15. I'm reading from the NET version. Okay? Maybe tomorrow if I've got time, I'll recommend Bibles. Okay? <laughs> then he said, the God of our ancestors has already chosen you to know his will, to see the righteous one, to hear a command from his mouth. Verse 15. Because you will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. Did you hear that? You are already chosen in case you did not know. You are not coming here to be chosen. You are already chosen. To know his will and to hear what he commands you to do. The Lord will speak in this conference. First Timothy, do you know that there's a God is, do you know the will of God? Let's go to First Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. I'm not used to this kind of ministry where I stick to my notes, but my time is limited. I must stick to my notes. <laughs> First Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. That is the will of God. To have all men saved. And to come to the knowledge of the whole truth. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So if you are not involved in having men saved, it does not matter what you are doing. You are not in the will of God. If you are not involved, if you are not growing spiritually, that is coming, getting knowledge, isn't it? If you are not growing spiritually, you are not in the will of God. If you are not involved in having man's heart, you are not in the will of God. Let's agree. Because the word says so. Praise the Lord. So, it doesn't matter how well healed you are. If you are not involved in the salvation of men, if you are not growing spiritually, you are not in the will of God. It does not matter how happily married you are. If you are not involved in the salvation of men, and if you are not growing spiritually, you are not in the will of God. It doesn't matter how freely single you are. If you are not involved in the salvation of man, and if you are not growing spiritually, you are not in the will of God. Amen. It does not matter 
how prosperous you are if you are not involved in the salvation of man and if you are not growing spiritually you are not in the will of God there is no gray ground there is no middle ground it does not matter how blessed you love this word it does not matter how blessed you are it does not matter how blessed your business is it does not matter how growing how expanding your business is if you are not involved in the salvation of men you are not in the will of god <laughs> can you see why i told the people to excuse themselves so you stayed so you now there's no option of going out that door is closed <laughs> Amen. Amen. It does not matter how holy and pious you are, how well-mannered you are, how quiet and well-behaved you are. If you are not involved in the salvation of man, if you are not growing spiritually, you are not in the will of God. Matthew 16, verse 26 to 27. I'm reading from the NET. For what does it benefit a person if he gains the whole world but forfeits his life? Or what can a person give in exchange of his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father. And then he will reward each person according to what he has done out Tell you something about reward. It's not my major emphasis in this meeting, but I'll tell you something. Reward is not by what? Grace. Through faith. <laughs> Do you know reward? How many of you go to work? Yeah. That thing you get at the end of the month is a reward for what you did. It's not by grace. <laughs> Salvation is by grace. But reward is not by grace. So the rewards we get in Christ are going to be according to what we have done. And there is no reward for being good. Because it's not your righteousness that counts, it's His. You did not clean yourself with your own blood. He cleansed you with His own blood. So how holy and good and behaved you are does not count for reward. That's not your business. It's His business. Praise the Lord. So what good will it be to you if you do everything else perfectly well and miss the purpose for which you were created? When we face Jesus, we are going to account for the purpose for which he created us. And that purpose begins when you are saved. You see, there's a reason God created us. But that reason why God created us that reason really begins with salvation. So everyone who is not saved is outside the reason why they were created. Jesus is not going to ask you, are you, are you uh, excuse me, mate, are you married? Oh, good. <laughs> Jesus is not going to ask you 
Why didn't you get married? Did you see that beautiful girl I brought your way? I, I, I organized, I, I organized the shopping center and that girl was coming there. Why didn't you stop her? Why didn't you get married? She's not going to ask such questions. Jesus is not going to ask you that. He's not going to say, why didn't you prosper? Why didn't you buy a Rolls Royce? Why didn't you buy a jet? He's not going to ask you that. He's not, he's not going to ask you, why didn't you build a nice house? Why didn't you buy a jet? Why didn't you get healed even? He's not going to ask you that. I mean, as good as all those things are, getting married is good, staying single is good. Don't put pressure on people, yeah? Yeah? The Bible does not put pressure on anyone to get married. People twist the Bible. They say, he who finds a wife has found a good thing. So Jesus did not find a good thing. <laughs> so Jesus did not find a good thing. So Paul did not find a good thing. Now you found a good thing. There's a lot of pressure in the church to get married. Your calling is not found in marriage. Yes. They put pressure on you. They say, you must find your lost rib. Did you lose a rib? You need a doctor. <laughs> you know, they say, they say woman. Woman is man's helper. The Bible does not say that. If you think it says that, you have misunderstood it. Okay, if the man, if the woman is man's helper, who is the helper of the woman? Can you see? Who is the helper of the woman? So, and who is the helper of the man? So, who said the woman is the helper of the man? If you want to do your dishes, do your dishes. Don't hire a woman for that. Oh, no. Okay, let me give you a tip. Let me give you, give, give me a tip quickly. Uh, you know when, when the Bible says, um, uh, let us make him a help meet. When Jesus is teaching in, uh, in, uh, in uh, John 14, verse 16 and 26, there when he says, uh, you will have a helper, another comforter. He's reading from that verse. In the whole Bible, that word help meet, the word is ezar in Hebrew. Always, throughout the Bible, it's used for God, not for woman. So it's, that is not woman. Amen. And when he says rib, that rib, when he when says Adam, Adam <coughs> slept, he did not sleep. God had to give Adam a vision. Okay? Of who the woman is. You need to have a revelation of who the woman is. Okay? And the rib, that word rib, is the other side the other wall of a temple. So God is revealing that Adam and Eve, you are the same. You make up God's temple. That word rib. Go and, go and go. You, 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 you went to school. Go and find out. That word is rib is the other side of the temple. So Adam is on one side, he's the other, and they are equal sides of the temple of God. 
So you don't need a Beijing. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you do Beijing these days. Do you know Beijing? No, I don't know. Okay, uh, let me forget about it. <laughs> so, so, so you are going to account for why God created you. Is that where I was? I think I'd gone to. Okay, I said even if you don't get healed, He's not going to ask you why didn't you get healed. You see, as good as those things are, having a nice house, having a jet, having a wife, staying single, uh, being prosperous, as good as all those things. But the thing is this, you must want those things for the same reason God wants them for you. And maybe tomorrow I'll give you the, the reason why he wants those things, you to have those things. Let's go to the book of Revelation, chapter 4, verse 11. It says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are created. That word pleasure there is the word purpose. Okay? <coughs> purpose. So, God created everything for his purpose. It means, purpose means what God wants to use it for. The reason why he created it. That's purpose. So God created everything for his purpose. That is what we will answer to God for. Did we accomplish that purpose for which he created us? Many of the things that we are so engrossed with God really isn't bothered about them. Amen. Those things are not seen, but they are not why you were created. And yet many um, are busy with those things. Let's go to Luke chapter 16, verse 15. I'm reading from the NIV. He said to them, You are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others, but God knows your hearts. What people value highly is detestable in God's eyes. It means is, 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 is despised in the eyes of God. So, as you go to the shopping malls, you go to school, you go to university, you drive around, you go to watch rugby, rugby is in season now, isn't it? You will see people who applaud you for the car you are driving, who applaud you for the shoe you are wearing, who applaud you for... Your Rolex watch you are wearing, they will applaud you. So it's very difficult to know whether you are doing right or not when these people are applauding you. But the Bible says, those things that men who applaud you for, God despises them. <laughs> so for you to know whether you are doing the right thing, go to the world. The applause of men will mislead you. The applause of men will mislead you. I mean, if we could meet, uh, each time we went to the shops, we could meet God, then you tell us, oh, you're winning souls. Oh, nice, nice, that's good. But we're not going to meet him there. We're going to meet people who are going to say, is this what you want with your life? I thought you were at university. Is this, is this, what, you, is this what you're going to do with your life? Are you going to waste your life like this? Because they think that if you are not uh, in the blue chip corporate, uh, you're wasting your life. Can you see? They are wasting their lives. But anyway, let's carry on. 
So, praise the Lord. So we have to keep looking in the world to see if we are doing the things that God applauds us of. The people at the malls who applaud us for nonsense. And us as, as, as brethren in Christ, we should be able to, you must not talk nonsense each time you meet each other. <laughs> you meet someone, are you married now? What is that you're going to do with it? Are you married now? How many children do you have now? How long? You know, those, those questions don't answer purpose. Sure. I must be able to say, hey, uh, Pastor Peter, uh, how is your spiritual growth these days? I know you used to struggle with temper. How is it now? I'm growing, you know, I've learned to forgive now and I'm saying, oh, that's good, huh? And then I share, you, I share my testimony also. Things that show that we are, we are the, the word is affecting us. The spirit of God is working in our lives. Amen. And we encourage each other. You meet someone who is angry with somebody. Don't say, go, go, go get him. <laughs> say, no, 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 no. That's not you. Don't let it go. <coughs> Amen. 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 You know, once I, a, a thief broke into my house. <laughs> and I caught him. And I brought him to the house. I said, I want you to take that thing that you wanted. Why you broke into my house? I want you to pick that thing. Get that thing that you wanted. <laughs> Do you know that fella? We had him in church. He was in church. He was born again. And he was... And he was living in a place where they were living as a, as a, as a gang. They would operate from there to go and break people's houses. He says, I don't want to live there anymore. This is what we do. So we got him out from there. How do you think there was peace in the church after Paul was born again? Paul was a terrorist. But there was peace in the church when he was born again. So we must encourage each other and strengthen each other in our faith. Amen. We must talk about things that matter. Amen. Don't talk about fishing. Oh, let's go. And I know, I know guys like mountains here. And girls. And girls, yeah. And bicycles. And... Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Don't go to those mountains on Sunday. Sunday come to if you are a Christian, Sunday come to church. Amen. Church is only how many, how many, how many hours is church? Two hours? Three hours? Out of, you know, out of the whole week, three hours. What do you, why do you think God uh, enacted the Sabbath? He says, this Sabbath, don't do any of your work. Just commit yourself to my work. Yeah, that's good. And I ask the grace people, say, hey, it's Old Testament. <laughs> hey, that's, that's Old Testament. Jesus finished it for you. Oh, Jesus finished it for you. What is Old Testament about thou shalt not kill? Is that Old Testament? Mm -hmm. oh, thou shalt not kill is Old Testament. So you can kill now. <laughs> so there's nothing Old Testament with thou shalt not kill. There's, no old, there's nothing Old Testament that with thou shalt not commit adultery. Is that Old Testament? Mm. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But there's, uh, you know, there's things to share. 
but I'll, I'll keep to my assignment tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, am I being too soft? Or can I go a little deeper? Okay. Not, not tonight. Not tonight. Tonight is a bit introductory. So I'll take it easy so that I persuade you to come tomorrow. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm taking it a bit easy. <laughs> Amen. So tonight, we want to talk about identity, not in the way that you know identity to be. Okay? Because if you are going to ask someone to do something, you must get them to understand who they are, that they have the capacity to do that thing which you want them to do. A donkey has to be convinced that it's a donkey before he can put the burden on his back. Is that, is that not so? If I convince you tonight that you are a donkey, by the time we leave here, I say, go on your force, I put the burden on your back, you, you, you carry it. <laughs> so it starts, it starts by realizing who you are. Amen. There are special things the Lord has put on my heart to share with you guys. With special emphasis. Like I said, this is a special meeting. It's a believers meeting. It's a family meeting focused on us as the family. Amen? Amen. And everyone will receive something in this meeting. In the book of John, chapter 15, verse 1, the Bible says, The branch that is not bearing fruit, I will lift it up. Forget the King James says, Take, I'll cut it off. How can you cut it off? Then how will it bear fruit? It says, Is the King James who say that, not the Bible? Amen. The Bible says, I will lift it up. You know, you know better. You are here in, in Stellenbosch where there's a lot of uh, grape. Vineyard. Uh, vineyard. You know how to treat them, isn't it? He says, I'll lift it up so that it can bear fruit. Yeah. And the branch that is bearing fruit, I'll prune it so that it can bear more fruit. So if you are here, you are not bearing fruit tonight. You'll be uplifted to bear fruit. If you are already bearing fruit, you'll be pruned to bear more fruit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in this conference, we are all united by purpose. And the Spirit of God will minister to us accordingly. Accordingly. Okay? Imagine, this is just the introduction. <laughs> I've not started. <laughs> Let's go to Acts chapter 20, verse 7. I'm reading from the NET, New English Translation. On the first day, Acts chapter 20, verse 7. On the first day of the week, when we met to break bread, Paul began to speak to, to the people. And because he intended to leave the next day, he extended his message until midnight. Let us not be impatient tonight. I beg you in the name of Jesus. I will try and not be too long, but please give me some grace. Do you know, we, we have kind of uh, let the world persuade us that no, a person cannot concentrate until about, about, about 15 minutes. Sure. Tell Jesus that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Tell Jesus that. Sure. Tell Paul that. Yeah. And look, 
a, a gentleman here called Utica said to fall off asleep. Because why was Paul preaching through to midnight? Because he was leaving the next day. I'm leaving here on, on, on Monday. <laughs> and I've got stuff to communicate to you. So you better give me some grace. How long, say, how long is the rugby match from start to finish, including the break? Including the address? 9 to 100 minutes. Would you give me that? Would you give me that tonight? <laughs> you don't want to give me that. But you give, you give rugby that. Hey? <laughs> you sit on the TV, you watch a game of, of Chelsea and Arsenal from 2016, you already know the score. <laughs> but you are sitting there and saying, a game you know the outcome. Tonight, I say, say again, give me some time. You better have some honor for God, okay? Let's chill it. Tonight, let's make it a party in here. You know, we must train ourselves to, to, to respect and honor the things of God. It will give us some freedom. It will give us some freedom. Praise the Lord. So, Exodus, this is where I was supposed to start. So we start the meeting. Let's all go to Exodus. There's a lady who was asking me about scriptures. What were you, what are you doing with those scriptures? The lovely sister was asking about sister. Where is she? You're there. Awesome. There you are. Is that being Yeah. You can see. Nah. 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 <laughs> new kingdoms there. That's new kingdoms. Why do we have new kingdoms? Because they have realized that the English of King James, you guys cannot understand it. It's like the Macbeth uh, English. So they've gone to revise. And we must keep on doing that. Are we together? So it says there in Exodus chapter 4, verse 22 to 23, I'm reading from the new kingdoms. Thank you for the new King James. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, that says the Lord, Israel is my son. Everybody say son. son. My firstborn. Everybody say firstborn. firstborn. Those two words are going to be key in this meeting. And tomorrow. And that verse is going to be key. Amen. There's another one that is coming. And of course, you know, I go all over the Bible. I walk all over it. Hallelujah. So it says in verse 23, so, say, so I say to you, let my son go, that he may save me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed I will kill your son, your firstborn. This is not saying that Israel was the first nation. It's not saying that Israel was the biggest nation. It's not saying that Israel was God's favorite nation. There is war that is taking place in Israel. That is not faith matters. Those are not Christian matters. Those are politics. Don't align to anyone because of the Bible, because the Bible is not there with you. Amen. 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 Those are politics. 
but I don't have time to you must teach him. <laughs> oh, we did a we did a video we did a video on this. Uh, we did a video on uh, yesterday. Oh, oh, I think that's the first one that's coming out. Yeah? Listen to it. It's, it's not it's not your matter. Of course, there are, there are times you decide what is wrong. You can take sides based on what is right and or what is wrong. Okay, right. but don't hide behind the Bible to do your politics. Don't use the Bible for that thing. God gave Abraham a piece of land for all the nations of the earth. Are we going to fit in that little piece they are fighting for them? <laughs> so you can know straight away that is not the land that they had in mind. That's not what he's referring to. <laughs> okay. Do you, do you want some more light on that one? <laughs> So this is not saying that Israel is God's best nation. But Israel is God's servant who does God's bidding. It's not saying Israel is God's best nation. Israel was simply God's agent to preach about God to all the nations of the earth. Are we together? Do you get it? You get it better. It will get better. Why? God plays no favorites. If you go to Romans 2 verse 11, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it says, for God, has, God does not show favoritism. This verse is not Old Testament, it's not New Testament. It's God's nature. That's good. From everlasting to everlasting. He does not play favorites. Romans 2 verse 11. If I read it in the contemporary English version, it says, God doesn't have any favorites. If somebody told you, especially John Hagi, you know John Hagi? John Hagi? John Hagi. If he told you that Israel is God's favorite nation, he was lying. Because God says, the Bible says, God has got no favorites. I don't, uh, would you rather believe John Agi or here? <laughs> don't play politics with the Bible. Let me tell you, things are on my heart. Do you know, guys, we must not joke with misinterpretation of the Bible. <laughs> All the ills, do you know, between Hitler, Mussolini, and the other one, Stalin, they were coming from the, oh, they were coming from the Catholic Church. Apartheid was, 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 was run from the church. Slavery, you know when the, the slaves in the ship, they were having service in the, other, in the other room. Church service. Who, who ended slavery? A person who was also coming, they were coming from the Bible, right interpretation of the Bible. The other people who had come from the other side, they were using the same Bible to do slavery. So, all the ills that have taken place in mankind, most of them stem from misinterpretation of the Bible. Hitler almost terminated the Jewish nation from Scripture. From Scripture. So, don't joke with misinterpretation of the Bible. Don't laugh with it. It's serious. Hallelujah. So today, 
you can also fall into some uh, uh, deception concerning the war that is happening there. Look, uh, even after in, in COVID, a lot of people started taking people's money. They're saying the, there's going to be a, rap, a rapture is about to happen. Oh, 66 is about to come. Antichrist is going to come. Fables, fables, old women's stories. There's nothing, nothing like that that is ever going to happen anywhere. Now, now God must run away from the earth that he wants to save. He must take his people and run away from Satan. So where is the dominion? He must run away and leave the earth to Satan. And he must escape to some place, a planet called heaven. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Running away from Satan. Then Satan is more powerful. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's leave that one. So, it is from this verse. Which verse? That, that one. <laughs> My sister. Don't, don't be changing that verse. It must stay there. And then when we change that verse, we'll put the second one. When we get to it. The other ones, just leave me play with them here. But those are key. Right. From this verse, this is where we must understand what it means by when we say Jesus is the Son of God. When we say Jesus is the first begotten, it must come from here. If you don't understand what this means, you cannot explain why Jesus is the Son of God. You will not be able to explain that. Amen. Why? I said we are coming into identity. We are coming to identify you as sons of God so that you know what to expect and what is expected of you. Where did I go? Okay, from that verse, okay, that's where we understand the meaning of how Jesus is son of God. So son of God here is not a biological term. It must not be used as such. Son of God is not a little boy born in the in the maternity world. That's not the meaning. Of course, in our usual English grammar, we use it for that also. But that's not what the Bible said. The Bible does not use necessarily dictionary meanings. The Bible is its own dictionary. Yeah. And do you know that even the Oxford, Cambridge, whatever dictionary is those who go to school, do you know that the dictionary does not give you the meaning of a word. It will give you possible meanings. Yes. A number. Five, six meanings. But when I take a word and I put it in a statement, the meaning of that word is locked. It cannot vary. Are we together? Yes. So it's the statement that gives the meaning of the word. It's not the dictionary. So the Bible gives us the meaning of the word son and firstborn. Are we together? Son of God is not male child of God, but someone who mirrors an unseen God that we are talking. Yes, many times we use that term in its biological context. But that is not the context intended here in the Bible. 
That's not the context that explains Jesus. This is why you got problems with Islam. Because Islam cannot accept that God had a wife and gave birth to a son. I don't accept that too. I agree with Islam. Don't you agree? So Islam will tell us, explain how he's the son of God. Ah, because Mary gave birth. Then they say, no, 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 now we are talking nonsense. That's why you find, you know, of all the, of, of the four Gospels, the Gospel of John was written as a polemic. You know polemic English? Some English people here. A polemic. A polemic is, a, is a, an argument when there's a general view held in the, in the place and you want to disprove it. What you do is use a polemic. You are, you are arguing something. That is generally believed. So the book of John was written way after all the other Gospels were written. And there were other people who were writing their own literature. Disputing that Jesus is God. That's why you find John does not mention the manger. He, he does not mention the end manger. He says in the beginning was the word of God and the word of God was God. Then he comes to verse 14 he says, and the word became flesh. No Maria, no Manger, no Joseph. Because he was making an argument that this man we are talking about is God. Can you see? And if we can understand how Jesus is son and God at the same time, then we've gotten Islam back to the, to the gospel. They've got valid arguments. And the church has been unable to answer. Today I saw something that I was sharing with uh, Pastor Shane. A man, a pastor was preaching the gospel in the, in the, on the streets. And then uh, and a Muslim woman approached him. He says, how come you say Jesus is God? How many gods are there? How, how many gods must we worship? He says one God. You know, he was cornered until he denied. The pastor denied. He literally said Jesus is not God. Because he didn't know how to explain it. He didn't know how to explain it. Yet it must be explained. Anyway, let's carry on. So, and part of this is explaining it. So, Son of God, uh, we said he's not male child, isn't it? So, to understand Son of God, let's go to Hosea chapter 11 verse 1. Hosea chapter 11 verse 1. Quickly. When Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. So, the word child there is used to describe Israel in its infancy as a nation. Okay? This is later said about Jesus. That verse, Hosea uh, 11 verse 1. is later said about Jesus. Thereby uniting the call of Jesus with the call of Israel. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2 verse 15. It says, And was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. So we must understand the term son of God. 
from this united purpose of Israel and Jesus, and not from a biological perspective, is the biological sense that Islam rejects about Jesus. But we must explain clearly what Son of God means if we are to penetrate Islam. Mostly, our understanding of Son is a biological birth, the boy, child. But God's expression of Son here is one called... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a definition of the meaning of Son in may, from many different angles. <laughs> okay? Son is one who is called to inherit God's plan and work in the earth to bring it to fruition and completion. Son carries out the Father's project to completion. He does the Father's pleasure. No wonder why God says, This is my Son in whom I am well. <laughs> That's what He meant. Do you know that the Father has a project for the earth? Do you know that the Father has got a project for the earth? Yes. My sister, let's go to Genesis 1.26. And God blessed them. Is it there? Yes. Then God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply. Say multiply. Oh. We are within context, are we? Yeah. Hallelujah. And multiply and replenish the earth. That way they replenish the earth. It's not refill the earth. It's reclaim the earth. Recover the earth. Amen? So it's like, it's like, I come here. Okay? I bless this one. All these ones are not blessed. So I tell him, be fruitful and multiply. And replenish the earth and replenish the room. So I want the room to myself. So I bless him. Get him up. He goes, he goes to bless this one. And he gets this one. See? This one goes to bless that until we, we we have the whole room covered, then we have recovered the what? The earth. That is what This is what is called the end of the earth. The end of the earth. People think that the end of the earth is when the earth is destroyed. This earth is never going to be destroyed by anyone. Who would destroy it? God created this earth. Now he's serving his earth so that he can destroy it. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. This what I'm showing you is what is called the end of the earth. When Jesus says, I will be with you until the end of the world. He says, until this project goes global, it's completed throughout the earth. The earth is not going to destruct. The earth is not going to be destroyed. A lot of Christians, they could be be. Because they don't, they are born again. No, they don't know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I just give you that one to deal with it. If you got questions, <laughs> Amen. Change. This this thing I said here about the end of the world, you'll answer it for you. Just watch the videos. Yeah. Is it, oh, is it the videos? Yeah. I love that cameraman man. And that man 
That man, I, I really, I really, I really, have, and I'm, 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 I'm sure as we go through the, 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 the conference, maybe something will be spoken about you. I, I really, I respect you. He's not just a cameraman. He is, he is discipling himself behind the camera. He's clever, he's a clever man. As he's behind the camera, he's got his Bible open. As we are doing verses, he's got his Bible open from behind the camera. And we can't even see him. He's, he's hidden behind the, 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 the curtains there. He's there. Is your, is, your, is, your, is your member? There's gold there. There's gold there. There's gold. There's gold there. And it is your responsibility to dig that gold out, mine it out. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's a good man. Hallelujah. Mm. Are you understanding about the sun? Where was I now? We on Genesis one twenty eight, isn't it? Yeah. All right. So you see now, when he says, "Okay, let's say, let's change the word blessed and say it served," and God served them. Can you read it for me from there? And God said to them, "Be fruitful and multiply." Together, let's start. One, two, three. <laughs> Forget blessed. Say served. Replace blessed with served. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Who is God talking to? Who is God talking to? You, because you are the ones who are saved. You are the ones who are blessed, aren't you? So this is, this is your call. This is your call. This is the same call given to Israel. This is the same call given to Jesus. This is not talking about the history of creation. This is talking about the plan of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. So if we replace the word blessed there, you can find yourself in there. So firstly, he is blessed, then he is to be fruitful. You are, if you are blessed, you must be fruitful. So you are going to be fruitful. And if you are blessed, you are going to multiply. Isn't it? Yeah. And you are, if you are blessed, you are going to recover the earth one man at a time. Which is evangelism. Yes. I mean, when he says have dominion over the fish of the sea, over, those are not the, the, the snook, snook, and I like snook. <laughs> that's nice, that's number one fish, that one. Oh, I love the fish. Snook, that's not talking about snook. Is, is it snook? Is that how we call it? Yeah. Yeah. Snook. He's not talking about snook then. There is no animal that they are referring to there. Okay? You see, the book, the, the book of Genesis is talking about spiritual things using a parable of physical things. So the dominion there is all for spiritual. Those things, all those things, I can prove to, them, to you that they are spiritual things. So don't go to the zoo. The lion will eat you. You've got, you've got no dominion over the lion. It will eat you. The snake will bite you. 
Can you see what I'm saying? Misinterpretation of the Bible gets into big trouble. In our, in our country, a prophet was fasting, and then uh, he went into the game park in Wangai Safari Lodge, and he saw the lions, and he jumped out of the car. He was going, ah, ah, and he was speaking in tongues. The lion says, what a pie. What a pie. The lion was coming, and then he, he realized his tongues were not working. As he was going to go back in, he took one of his uh, backside. In the end, he survived. Can you see such stupidity? And the stupidity that comes from misunderstanding that. Because that is not talking about that. <laughs> but we don't have time for that today. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So firstly, he's blessed. Then he is to be fruitful. Then he is to multiply. Then he is to replenish the earth with his kind. Which means you must populate the earth with your kind. Amen. How do you get your kind? You preach the gospel. They are born again. They are your kind. You go to the next one. You go to the next one. Until everyone is what? Born again. That is until the end of the world. Are we together? So. This is the promise. This is the plan. This is the project of God. This is the purpose for which you were created. Which begins with your salvation. That's why it says... And then he blessed them. He's blessing people who are already in existence. So the salvation brings you into the purpose. Are we together? This is the intention. This is the project that must be completed. You cannot understand how Jesus is son of God unless you understand this. So son is who you are. You see in that, uh, let's put uh, uh, Exodus 4.22. You see there are two terms there. I think I'll, I'll go into them tomorrow because that's when we'll uh, slide out of it nicely. But you see there are two terms there. There is son and firstborn. Okay? Tomorrow I'll tell you, I'll start to do them from the, from the Hebrew meaning. So, son is who you are. Firstborn is ministry. Son is who you are. Firstborn is your ministry. Son is who you are. Firstborn is ministry of the son. This was so with Israel. This was so with Jesus. This is so with you if you are son. So the word firstborn there is talking about new beginning. That's where we get the word uh, first fruits. Is that okay? So it's the beginning of a new race. So from you must continue a race because you are the new creation. And from you must come out an endless line of new creation. So you become a beginning of new things. So you cannot be at the beginning that has got no progressive uh, things after you. Are we together? Yeah, that's good. 
So you are blessed in order for God to fulfill his dream and desire through you. That is the plan of God for you. Many people, I think I'll be talking about that more tomorrow in the afternoon, but let me just mention it. Many people, like the ones who I asked to excuse themselves, <laughs> they think that God gave us the Holy Spirit so that we can fulfill our dreams, we can fulfill our careers, we can fulfill our businesses, we can fulfill our marriages. So they think that God gave us the Spirit to fulfill our dreams. That is wrong, wrong, and wrong. God gave us the Spirit so that we can fulfill His dream for the earth. That. So he says, when he says, Israel is my son, and first of all, he's saying, Israel is my prophet. Prophet only means somebody who speaks for God. Yeah. I'm a prophet. Do you doubt that? Yeah. My sister, you're a prophet. Is that so? Amen. We'll come back to that. Okay. So, Israel, God is saying, Israel is my prophet. My spokesperson in the earth. So this is the priest, the, can I call it predestination? In fact, that word predestination should not be found in the Bible. Yeah. Okay? The word is, it comes from, you see the problem was that the Bible came from Greek, the New Testament, to, to what do you call the language? Latin? Then English. So predestination, we get it from a Latin word, predestinua. That's where the English came from. That word is not found in the Hebrew culture and understanding. And the Greek language is trying to interpret the Hebrew culture because all the Bible that they had at that time was from Genesis to Malachi in Hebrew. The word you get that should fit there is the word prorizo, not predestination. Now, what is that? Predestination is that you are saying God has determined that you become a pastor. He did not determine that you become a pastor. He planned for you to become a pastor. But it was your choice to accept that. So like you want your child to be a, um, um, a doctor. You plan. You don't be decent. You plan for him to be a doctor. You send him to the right schools. You get him to, to you take him to the right places to inspire him to become a doctor. But that does not guarantee that he's going to become a doctor. You can just say after, after school, he says, I'm going to be a physician. <laughs> Can you see? So God planned for us, but we get to get into that plan by faith out of our own free will. So there's nothing called predestination in the Bible. Where God is playing from behind, he's playing with buttons from behind, saying, turn left, turn left. Now sit down, now, now become a doctor, now become that easy. God does not play Muppet Show. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I've gotten to my matter, but it's like I'm slowing down a little bit. So, sun is one who represents and reflects the character of a deity, of a God. Okay? Firstborn is first food, which means this is the symbol. Okay, first food. This is the symbol of what I want. For the whole earth. 
So, when you are blessed, you are now the sample that must multiply. First becomes fruitful and then multiply. So you are the you are the sample, and behind you we must find more like you through your work. Work of preaching. Amen. Let's go to John 5, verse 17 to 18. I'm reading from the King James, John 5, 17 to 18. What are we trying to understand? We are trying to understand what it means to be son of God. It's not biological. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Verse um, 18. Therefore the Jews sought to sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Can you see? When you read the Bible, you must hear who the first audience, what the first audience had, the people who were sitting there when you were talking, what did they hear? When you said, I'm the son of God, did they hear I'm a biological son of God? We will say yes. <laughs> All right, good, 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 good. We don't put men to shame. God does not put men to shame. God <coughs> strengthens people, corrects people, so that they are the right. He said here, I am the son of God. And they want to kill him because not only for breaking the Sabbath, but he made himself equal with God. So to the people he was talking to when he said, I am the son of God, what did they hear? They heard that I am equal with God. Is that what you hear me now? Because that's what they had. Because you can hear from their words what they had. Not what you are hearing today. Because what you are hearing is not what it meant. There was no barrier, cultural or otherwise here. They knew what it meant. So when he says, I'm son of God, what they hear is, you are saying I'm equal with God. That's how you begin to understand how Jesus is son of God and is God. Are we together? Because they did not hear that I'm, I'm, uh, my father is God, my mother is Mary, and I'm the son. That's all what they heard. Praise the Lord. So you, you can see that what they understood from son of God was not a biological boy child, but an equal being with God. So the Bible is beginning to give us his the definition of son of God, without going to the dictionary. So, so son is one who takes over the throne, or who sits on the throne, and, in, and inherits, and continues with the plan and the purpose of the father on the earth. Israel is to carry out my work and ministry on the earth. That Exodus 4, 22-23. When we read things about Abraham and Israel, they should not just be stories, but we are to see ourselves and God's purpose for us in those stories. We are also to see how we can rebel or submit to that purpose. The word of God is found in human stories, stories about men. The planned purpose of God is articulated to Abraham and his household. It was quite a confused household. 
Amen? So, you must first understand the stories of Abraham to understand the plan of God. The stories about David, the stories about Joseph, the stories, all those things about the bones of Joseph. I'm sure we'll be doing something about the bones of Joseph, maybe tomorrow. We'll see. Okay. Praise the Lord. So the use of the word son there is, means a higher being is representing among lower beings by son. That is why angels were also called sons of God. Son is one who represents you. Son is a... Do you know the angels are called son of God? Do you know that before Jesus came, the, the Bible was talking about sons of God. They were sons of God. Are we together? Before Jesus became man, they were sons of God. Good. So the son is to replenish the earth for the father. The son is one who inherits your plan, purpose, and responsibilities and continue them on the earth. This is how Jesus is son of God. He is one who is doing God's work. God's plan, purpose, to fulfill it on the earth. It's in that sense that he is son of God. He is not son of God as a child given birth to by father and mother. So, the Great Commission did not start in Matthew 28. Did you know that? Because he says, let my son go that he may save me. So you are saved so that he can, can become a good husband. It's good to be a good husband. But that's not what you are saying. You can be a good husband without Jesus. You can be a good businessman without Jesus. You can prosper and be rich without Jesus. Look, in our, ch- in our country, in Zimbabwe, there's a church every corner, but we are poor. Go to, to, to Dubai. I went to, to Dubai. I, went, I was looking for a church to go to. I couldn't. I ended up in the mosque, praying in tongues in the mosque. <laughs> but they are what? Rich. So you don't need Jesus to be rich. The richest man in the land in the, in the, on the earth does not know what to know about your Jesus, Bill Gates. I'll, I'll talk about them a little bit tomorrow. Amen? Amen? Amen. So the reason why you are saved, you must not miss that reason. And the reason why you are saved is the reason why you were created by the cycle of salvation. You must not miss that. Otherwise, you have missed the purpose of your life. Do you know, you can do everything else well. It will be a sad thing that you do everything else very well and yet miss your purpose. And you cannot find fulfillment. You cannot find fulfillment. You think being prosperous is a very good thing because you don't have the money now. Get the money, it gets, it gets boring. You will not find fulfillment. Then from... The money you want to buy, you want to go. You see those those fools who died in that um, that thing that exploded in the in the that yeah that thing that, that, that's foolishness, isn't it? In this, can you see that? That's that's money. Money is getting. They are getting bored with money. They are getting bored with money and they do foolish things. Amen. Amen. And I hear. Uh, uh, Elon Musk is South African, isn't it? Yes. I hear he's, he's doing something. He wants to do something somewhere in the moon or somewhere. Mars. Mars, somewhere there. Can you see? You get crazy with money. 
There's papers here. We want to save people here on the earth. He's going there. There's no one there. <laughs> we got him. We said, you know, between me and Pastor said, if you gave us one million, I'm telling you, who will shake the earth? Who will shake the earth with the gospel? Money is a lot of our limitation. We don't stop because we don't have money. We do what we do <laughs> without the money. Praise the Lord. Are you getting tired? No. <laughs> you, want to, you, want, you know that it's out of the box. Uh, in the, in the, they'll replay the match tomorrow. <laughs> isn't it the same match, isn't it? Well, must you see the first time? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Where was I? I'm missing my knot. Where's I'm moving there? Gospel. Okay. All right. <coughs> so, the Great Commission did not start with the book of. Um, with the, in Matthew, it was already there for Israel. Israel, just like a saved person, you today, was meant to be an agent to do God's will and purpose on the earth. They were not the special people, but a special agent for God to bring His will and purpose to pass over the whole earth. Israel, of course, we know failed in this office of son and firstborn. And because of that failure and rebellion, Israel became a bastard. The Bible says that. Became, became a what? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12 verse 7 to 8. I'm reading from the American Standard Version. It is for chastening that you endure. Chastening, that word is, is talking about child training. Okay, it's not talking about beating. Don't beat your children. It's abuse. When the Bible talks about spare the rod and spoil, it's not talking about your stick. Who had the rod in the Bible? Moses. Did he ever beat anyone? So why do you think the Bible is, is, is giving you lessons to beat your children? This chastening was for Israel, but God was never beating them. Let's leave it. You know, people just find horrible, horrible things through twisting of the Bible. Young men have got pressure. I think I, I must find my best, my better half. If you are not complete, my friend, there's a problem with you. Amen. There's no better half anyway. <laughs> if you are waiting to get a husband or a wife so that you become happy, then you are a problem. And don't go for such a person. They lean too much on you and they are a problem. Yes. They are overbearing. <laughs> You must find your completeness in Christ. Amen. 
You go to find you go to find the person who finds their completeness in Christ. You complement each other. Not someone who thinks they are half a person. They must find another half. <laughs> they are a problem in a marriage. Repent, any of you who is doing like that in the marriage. <laughs> we are talking about uh, Hebrews seven, uh, Hebrews twelve, verse seven to eight. It says, "It is for chastening that you endure. God dealeth with you as with the sons." He's talking about Israel. For what son is there whom his father chastens not? But if you are without chastening, whereof have been made partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. That's what Israel turned out to be. They failed in that office of son and firstborn, and they became bastards. And today, some people are sending their money to Israel. Some people are, are sending their money to Israel to be blessed by Israel. How stupid can people get? There is that JP, that JP pilgrimage, you know, you know, Jerusalem pilgrimage. They got t-shirts and they go, oh, who is going? <laughs> Some people come to persuade you, let's go to the Holy Land. There's bomb in Holy Land. Today, how can they be bombing Holy Land? There's bomb in Holy Land. They want to go there and show you, that is tourism, that is not Christianity. They want to show you in empty tombs. But I thought the angel said he is not here, he is risen. <laughs> the angel said that. <laughs> Why are you coming? Why are you looking for the living in the, in the, in the grave? <laughs> that is that is tourism. It's not Christianity. You cannot go and confirm your faith in Israel. Don't go to that dead river, that Jordan thing. A lot of people want to be baptized in that river. Because they've missed the proper baptism. But let's leave them. So Israel was not a chosen nation to stand alone. Just like you are not a blessed person, a saved person to stand alone. There must be people coming behind you through your ministry. Otherwise, you are a bastard. Are you angry? Are you angry? Good. I'm, I'm only explaining the word to you. You must love it. So Israel was a chosen nation to be the first fruit. What is the first fruit? The example of what I want all the nations to be. So Israel was going to be an example of what God wanted all the nations to be. They were not the special person. They were not the special nation. They were a special agent. And they were supposed to take the gospel to all the nations of the earth. Do you know that? In exactly the same way that the born again person is supposed to reach out with the same message that he has believed to others. The whole nation of Israel, and can you see, is the whole nation of Israel, men, women, and children who are called the sun. So that term cannot be biological. Amen. 
I'm saying this to show you that you are a son. We have got a ministry called the Facebook. Just like Israel was. And Israel failed in that calling. You are not to, to fail in that calling. And that's why God sent me here tonight. And this weekend. From this we see the son is the one to carry out the father's work. The father's will. The father's plan. The father's purpose on earth. What is the father's purpose on earth? Be fruitful. Multiply. And replenish. Amen. So a son is a builder. This is a, I said I'm going to attack it from all angles. A son is a builder of the family name. He is a nation builder. He is one who builds the nation. Do you know you are building a nation called the new creation? First Corinthians chapter 16 verse 19 to 31. Hey, that is long. Let me see if I can cut it. Okay, let me read it. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 16 verse 19 to 31. New Living Translation. This is how the Bible must be read. Why do I take a good chance? Because if I pick up a verse, it will, it will just lose the context. The Bible was not written in verses. It was not written in chapters. So a verse can break a thought before the writer of the thought is landed. He said this when you were First Chronicles chapter 16 verse 19. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. He said this when you were Few in number. Can you see? When Israel was still a child. That's what he's talking about. A tiny group of strangers in Canaan. They wandered from nation to nation. From one kingdom to another. Can you see that? Yet he did not let anyone oppress them. He warned kings of their, on their behalf. Verse 22. Do not touch my chosen people. Do not hate my prophets. Can you see? Who are the prophets? The whole nation of Israel. The whole nation of Israel. You know, there are those um, Pendarascals who, who say, touch not the anointed of God. You know, Pendarascals and Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> touch not the anointed of God. Look. Every Christian is the anointed of God. Amen. Every, everyone in, in Israel was a prophet of God. And they were they had the task to go and, and spread the message of Jehovah over the earth. Verse um, where was I? Verse 23. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. If they proclaim the good news that he saves. Can you see Israel? They are, they are preaching the good news to all the other nations. That is what they were commissioned to do. They failed in it. Um, um, verse 24. Publish the glorious deeds among the nations. Is that preaching the gospel? Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Is that not the gospel? 25. Great is the Lord. Is that not the gospel? He is most worthy of praise. That is the gospel. He is to be feared above all gods. That is the gospel. The gods of other nations are mere idols. 
But the Lord made the heavens. How many heavens are there? What is heavens there? Heavens? Heavens? Planets? There is no planet somewhere with the streets of gold that is called heaven that you must wish to go to. Heavens there is talking about spiritual beings. Okay? He makes spiritual beings. Amen? Those spiritual beings are called God. Gods. The Bible accepts that there are other gods. Do you know that? I'm not talking about dolls. The dolls the, the, the they made and they said this is an idol. I'm talking about spiritual beings called gods. Do you know that? Do you know that? Come again. What did Jesus say? Didn't he say, did I not say you are gods? That? Okay. 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 You are not God. No, I'm not God. But I'm a spiritual being, right? What did Jesus say? What did he mean? What version of the Bible do you read? I want to surprise you. Version. King, James, King, James. King James. It will lie to you in this verse I want to show you. Go to uh, Deuteronomy 32 verse 8. But uh, I think let's have somebody else read from NRSV. Anyone with that version? Or New Living Translation? It's New Living Translation. New Revised Standard Version. Anyone with that version? You've got a what? Good news translation? Where's the mic? Yeah, 32 verse 8. Was it 32? Who's reading? Uh, sorry. Victor. What was it? 32 verse 8. When the Most High apportioned the nations, when he divided humankind, he fixed the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the gods. According to the number of gods. Hey. Can you see what happened there? God gave up the nations to be ruled by other gods. Did you know that was in the Bible? Wait, 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 wait. Continue to verse 9. The most earned portion was his people. Jacob is a lot of share. So God took Israel so that he can use Israel to get back those nations from other gods. Confusion now. Confusion now. What is what is Deuteronomy 32 verse 8 talking about? It's talking about what happened in Genesis chapter 11 when they were building a shrine, a temple for other gods. And God gave them up to those gods. That is in Genesis chapter 11. And immediately in Genesis chapter 12, God approaches Abraham. And he said, I'll bless you and through you all the nations. Which nations? Those nations who are given up to other gods. So he's going to use Abraham to get back the nations that were ruled by other gods. Why did God give them up? Because they refused him. It's a long story. <laughs> Let's go. It's a long story. Let's go where we're going. I'm about to land. I think I'm coming somewhere. Um, verse 26 
The gods of other nations. Can you see? Those are the gods of Deuteronomy 32, verse 8. The king came to say the children of Israel. Okay. I'll tell you why it's wrong. Mom? I'll tell you why King James is wrong. Because in Genesis chapter 11, when this thing happened, there is no nation called Israel. Yeah. Okay? And that 32 is, verse 8 is talking about Genesis 11. There is no nation called Israel by that time. Okay? Thank you. Israel comes after the, the, the redemption from Egypt. <coughs> then we have a nation called Israel. Okay? Um, so I'll take again verse 26 the gods of other nations are mere idols idols are not the dolls the doll is representing an idol which is a real god a created god uh, when we say most high god it's a comparison term most high you cannot be most high if there are no other highs so most high means they are the highs, but you are higher than those highs. You, when you say God Almighty, they are the mighty beings, but you are higher than you are. You are Almighty. That's why the New Testament uses these things, but he uses different terminologies. When he says he raised them and he was seated far above all principalities, those are the gods, far above all dominions, far above all power. That's what they are talking about. Is the language that is changed, but talking about the same things. Amen? Amen. You are taking me off course. You stay here until midnight because I'm going to have to learn. I'm going to empty everything for tonight. <laughs> so, I was on verse 26. Let's go to 27. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and joy fill his dwelling. Verse 28. All nations of the world recognize the Lord. Is that the gospel? Yes. Recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. 29. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. That's the gospel. Bring your offering and come into his presence. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Verse 30. Let all the earth tremble before him. That's reverence. The world stands in, in firm and cannot be shaken. What did I read there? Let the heavens be glad. So, you think the skies are great, smiling, sky, sky smiling. <laughs> the heavens are gods, spiritual beings that are created. If you go to Genesis chapter 2, it says, that's how all the hosts of heavens were created. He's talking about heavenly beings. Okay? Okay. Another day. So Son is the one who carries your name, your title, your function, your inheritance, your work, your plan, your purpose in the earth. That is how Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is Jehovah taking on flesh. in order to do this for you and me. Okay? Yeah, that's good. Jesus is not, did not come in the New Testament. Jesus has always been there. Amen. Okay? 
What was prophesied about Jesus, what we then see in the book of Matthew, is his humanity. But he was always there as a being, but not as a human being. In the Gospels, he took up flesh. And he was tabernacled in the body of man. To save man. So when God says, I am that I am, and I will be that I will be to save. That's what he's talking about. I will be. What I will be. He became a man to save. Praise the Lord. So, and what is God's plan and work in the earth? Is that Genesis 1.28, isn't it? Which is salvation. And that's what the son must accomplish. Are we together? Let's go to uh, Psalm 67, verse 2. I'm reading from the Living Bible. The Living Bible says, Send us around the world with the news of your saving power and your eternal plan for all mankind. Where is the writer of this psalm reading from? He's reading from Genesis 2, Deuteronomy. Okay? That's where he's getting this. Let me tell you something. The whole Bible is found between Genesis to Deuteronomy. From Joshua to Malachi, these are all the prophets. What are prophets? Prophets are expounders, explainers, interpreters of what was written by Moses from Genesis to Deuteronomy. No one was seeing visions. If they were seeing visions, they were seeing visions to explain what is in the first five books of the Bible. All of them, they are explaining from the Bible. When Jesus comes and he share, he's sharing, uh, com, uh, it's not communion, sharing bread and uh, it's called the Passover meal. He's sharing that in Matthew 26. He is reading from Jeremiah chapter 31. Amen. You see, when Jesus is is sharing that Passover in, in Matthew chapter 26, verse 26, on that evening, what Bible existed? From Genesis to Malachi. So whatever Jesus is doing must be explained from Genesis to Malachi because that's what I was reading from, that's what I was teaching from. You cannot then explain what Jesus was doing in a book that was, was, that was not in existence. Like people want to go to First Corinthians chapter 11. That book was not written, was not there. Paul was not even a, a, a Christian by then. So first to understand what Paul is saying there, first understand what Jesus was saying from the scriptures on that day. You cannot explain what Jesus is doing from the scriptures from Genesis to Malachi in a book that was not in existence. First you explain it from what was existing. Then you go to the book that, that was later written by Paul. Then you know the truth. Amen. I did not say anything. I'm avoiding to say things that are confrontational. Amen. Cause of disobedience. So we know that Israel disobeyed, isn't it? Let's go to um, um, Israel's function was to carry out the Great Commission on the earth, but Israel failed through unbelief. If you go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 6 to 8, in the New King James, it says, 
Then I'll take verse 11. It says, Since therefore I, it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of unbelief. Again, he designates a certain day, saying in David, Today, after such a long time, as it has been said, Today, if you will hear the voice, his voice, do not harden your heart. For, verse 8, For if Joshua, who has got a version that says, if Jesus? Okay, your version says, if Jesus, huh? So if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not after have spoken of another day. Let us therefore, now this is for us, let us, us in this auditorium, this barn, what do you call this place? I like this place. I love it. We can sleep here. In the world, like Jesus, like Paul with these people. Look, it says, uh, where was I now? Eleven years. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to some example of disobedience. It says, let's look at Israel. They were given, they were a son who was given a ministry to accomplish, and they failed. Let us look at Israel and correct ourselves so that we don't fail in doing what God sent Israel to do and they failed. So we are blessed to be fruitful. To multiply and replenish the earth. Let us not fail in that. I am showing you this tonight as an introduction to show you that you are a son who has got a ministry called festival. Are we together? So it's not far fetched that you should be doing the ministry work. It's not far fetched that you should be multiplied because that is what you are destined to do. You are a son who must accomplish. The work of the Father on the earth. You are a son who carries forward the work, plan, and purpose of God on the earth. Unless you are not a son. Unless you are not a son. Praise the Lord. It's, it's wonderful. When people come to church for the purpose of wanting to get married, <laughs> for the purpose of wanting to get business, this is a holy calling. This is a place we do things separate from the world. Amen. This is a place we've got a calling separate from what the world is competing for. This is a place where we fulfill our purpose. Big man, would you live your life with a nice jet, nice uh, Rolls Royce, nice mansion, uh, Rolex watch, and then you miss this purpose? Did you say that? And his wife? <laughs> you never know this days. Why do you think he married you? Don't give me that stuff about love. I think he has to have a talk to you. Come tomorrow. Come tomorrow. Come tomorrow. 
Come tomorrow. Come tomorrow, you have your answer. Hallelujah. I, I like you. I, I see you, you, you are soaking in it. You are, you are a sponge absorbing all the, all the water, the dirt, the clean, everything you are taking it. <laughs> you are blessed. Hallelujah. So we must not fall into that kind of disobedience as sons. So even after the failure of Israel, God does not change his plan. He comes to the book of Numbers, chapter 40, verse 21, and says, But as truly as I live, as if he's going to die, <laughs> as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. He is saying, Yes, Israel is found, but as surely as I live, this will come to pass. Oh, no, no, put, 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 um, one to eight. He's saying that will come to pass. So, listen, God has admitted you into his plan. But don't think you are special. What is special about you is the ministry God is using you for. So if you think you are special, that's why you find a lot of Christians jealousy. Uh, the jealous uh, people are not Christians. You know, they, uh, don't mind my English. You are jealous in them. Why? You think he is not a Christian. Why should he have a jet? I don't have a jet. Why should he have a BMW? I don't have a BMW. Don't jealous them. All the riches of the earth are for, for every man, not for every Christian. God did not create an earth that was empty. God created the earth which is rich with the resources. And all the resources are for men, not for Christians. And every man, Hindu, Muslim, Christian, atheist, have got access to those things. That's right. Let me tell you something. If you can get it without Christ, that's not why he came. That's good. Yeah. If you can get married without Christ, he did not come for your marriage. If you can, if you can have a prosperous business like uh, Bill Gates without Christ, that's not why he came. Hallelujah. If you can be healed without him, that's not why he came. Because imagine, before Christ came, there were healings. We want everyone healed. By the power of God, we heal people. Amen? Amen. But we must understand why he came. A lot of Christians are poor because they are looking for money at the pulpit. We teach you that you don't get money here at the pulpit. I'm not a businessman. He's not a businessman. We did not go to Oxford School of Business. God, when you hear people organizing a, a Stellenbosch University, they in, they've got the seminars on business, how to expand business, small enterprises. Go there. That's where you get, you get wise to get money. Not here. We are not business people here. We are pastors. Forget about all those idiots who are preaching that uh, prosperity gospel. Amen. They are idiots. How? A person must think you don't think. When he says, come to Jesus so that he can have money. And you know, Bill Gates does not have Jesus. He must think you are stupid. And that's how we harden the hearts of people like Bill Gates. Because you're telling them about gospel, about prosperity. They can teach us about prosperity. And then they think we are stupid when we talk. Yeah. 
Do you know that I go to work? And when I go to work, I want my salad at the end of the month. Money is not bad. Money is good. Okay? But we don't just come to Jesus for money. Okay? That's why I said, if you can get it without Jesus, that's not why he came. What Jesus came for, you can't get it outside Jesus. Jesus. No matter, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much uh, uh, that thing that explodes in the sea you can, you can build, you cannot get the Holy Spirit to sea. You cannot go to the moon and come back with the Holy Spirit. That's why he came. You cannot get that outside Jesus. Let's go back to... So you see, what we mean by the glory of God? What do, do you? What, what do you think is the meaning of glory of God? I'm, I'm a, how much more time can you give me? I don't want to go to where the work of tomorrow. We've got the whole day tomorrow. Yeah. So how much more time do you think I can go for? Five minutes. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. I think I can start from here tomorrow. Yeah, it, it, tomorrow it gets more, more interesting, really. Today was just introduction. <laughs> Amen? Today is just introduction, and tomorrow I'll just carry on with the introduction a little bit more, then we learn. Then in the afternoon, <laughs> you must bring tissue, handkerchiefs, because there's going to be a lot of soap in here. Amen? 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 Amen. Amen. We are called to a work. An honorable work. It does not compare. It's a holy calling. It's separate from anything else we can do in the world. We don't mix those things we do in the world with this holy calling. Amen? Why are you married? And why are you not married? If it is important, if you know God has got a plan for you, your reason for staying married, oh, oh not stay, because the only people your reason for getting married, <laughs> or your reason to stay single, must be related to that call. You can now, if you know that you got a calling, you can now not go and marry. To reduce your effectiveness in the calling. That's good. A wife you marry must make you more fruitful than you were by yourself. Yeah. If you think marrying will make you less fruitful, it is godly to stay single. Sure. Than to get married and reduce your effectiveness in the call. Young people don't don't put pressure. I like this this church. There's no pressure. I've come here, the people have prophesied on they got married. Yeah, I came here, somebody was worried about marriage. I prophesied, they got married, and then they called me, oh, now we are happy, we got married, we got children. I'm sure they've gone overseas. Amen? (laughs) (laughs) We must know our purpose. If we miss our purpose, it's the saddest thing. If we accomplish everything else and our purpose is not fulfilled, it's, it's the saddest thing. Yeah. 
And tomorrow we'll see how it's going to be. Amen. Praise the Lord. You are blessed. Amen. To be a blessing. That's, right. that's, that's what he says to Abraham. So you are blessed, that son. To be a blessing, that's firstborn, that's ministry. Amen. I want you to put your hand on your chest and close your eyes. You are blessed. You are special. Very special. You are an instrument in God's hands to accomplish His plan and purpose in the earth. It is good you are going to school. It is good you are setting up business. It is good you are raising family. All those things must add up into the purpose that God created you for. Don't waste yourself. Don't waste your life. In my country, we've got a president. We built a mansion, a big place we call the Blue Roof. That president today is in the ground. He's dead and buried. And many times I pass through the, the, the mansion, it's, it's looking sad. It's money that has gone to waste. Today, he must answer for what he did with his calling. Did he fulfill the purpose for his living? It is good to have the comforts of money. With or without money, we can fulfill our calling. We must never be limited with money. Paul said, I know what it is to have more than enough. And I know what it is to go hungry. I can do all these things. He doesn't say I can do all things. The Bible, King James is wrong. It's saying I can do all these things. Which things? To go hungry. Why? Because Christ sentenced me. He says I can fulfill my purpose. Whether I have money or I don't have money. Don't rate yourself according to the money you have, the money you don't have, the money you are planning to have, the money you are planning to lose. God values you. You are important. Don't let anyone despise you. It doesn't take you a suit. It doesn't take you a car. It doesn't take you a jet to fulfill your call, to fulfill your ministry. God tonight wants you to, to understand that you are a son. Who has got a ministry? You are a son who is blessed. You are to be fruitful. You are to multiply. You are to recover the earth for God. The issue of salvation is the, is the story of God making a home in a house that he built. God is making himself a home in the earth that he built, that he created. And you are an important instrument in that. With your eyes closed, I want you to think, what, what, what can hinder this purpose in your life? What, what has become more important than this purpose in your life? Everything else we can do in life is what is called vain. Vain does not mean em empty. Vain means temporary. It means it ends with our death. That's vain. It's temporary value. But 
you must position yourself that the time you spend is not lost. It has got eternal value. The money you spend is not lost. It's got eternal value. If your money is going into multiplication of, of souls, enlarging the kingdom, replenishing the earth, then indeed you are doing an honorable thing. The world may not clap, clap for you. Family may even abandon you. Family may even forsake you. But that is small. What must keep our joy is that we know the end of the game before it finishes. Yes, it might seem like today our team is two down, is two zero, and we are in zero. The other team has got two. But we know the end of the game is going to end with us ten versus two. That keeps our joy. That keeps us fired up. Jesus says, I am the beginning and the end. He's saying, I've done the beginning and I know what is at the end. We must not be worried. We must not be anxious about the things that we worry about. We've got a purpose. Why must you live? Why must you live a day extra from today? Why must you live? Paul says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 29, I don't know what to do. Whether to die and be with Christ, which is far better, or to stay here. You know, when you're preaching the gospel, you know what you're living for. And you know what to fight for to stay alive. Then he says, I am going to stay alive because I've got ministry with you. That's the reason why you must stay alive. Because dying today doesn't mean nothing to you. You're born again. But dying today is not a big fear of us. You're going to rise back to life. Why must you live again? Why, why must you live a day extra on earth? For your purpose. Because God wants to accomplish something. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Stellenbosch area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.